0: Hey man, if you have your Bibles tonight, why don't you uh, turn to Acts chapter 4. I'm going to try to get through this fairly quickly. been sitting on this message for a couple of weeks. If you were here last week, you know we put this one off, which gave me extra time. That means you're going to be here a little longer now. Try to speed it up a bit. I had, um <clears throat> the Lord challenged me with something personally about two and a half, three weeks ago. And uh, as we often do, I, I know all of you have spoken to this extent that God is doing a work in you, <laughs> different areas but similar. You know, we're all walking through different phases but then something similar. And God began to, to touch my heart in, a, in an area that I have been weak in. Isn't that like the Lord to try to strengthen you? In... Acts 4 verse 29, <clears throat> the story picks up um, right after the gate beautiful miracle and the layman is Raised up, Peter and John said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as we have we give to you. Remember that? Well, they begin to preach Christ. And they preach the truth, and the man is a testimony, and he preaches the truth. And the the Pharisees, the chief priests, they arrested Peter and John, and they commanded them to no longer speak in the name of Christ. And when they are finally released, this is what they begin to talk to the body of Christ about. This is them coming to the body of Christ, and this is a conversation with them, and verse 29, they said, Now, Lord, look on their hearts and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. This is what God has been dealing with me on, that I would just have a boldness in the faith. Lord, we just thank you, God, for this time. Thank you that we could come together, God, and we could open your word. I pray tonight that you would speak, that it wouldn't be just a thought, that it wouldn't be something that I've conjured up and found some part in the scripture, but God, that you would speak an encouragement, a word. Oftentimes, it could be a small correction. It could be some reproof even, but Lord, for me, I know you want to encourage me in boldness. I pray, God, that that in the testimony of what I have tonight, that, it, that your word would speak through. Lord, by your Spirit, illuminate the Scripture. Help us to understand a truth. Help us, God, to grow and move from glory to glory, especially in this concept tonight of boldness. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, you reflect on situations in your life. You think about histories and things that have happened. And, and wouldn't you go back and redo some things? If all of you said, no, I wouldn't redo a thing, well, you're lying. There is something you'd redo somewhere. At the very least, you'd say, I'd like to take the lotto numbers from yesterday and go back a few days, I'd play that, you know. There are some areas in our lives that I think that we can look back on and say, I could have done that better. I could have done that a little different. In, In this walk of boldness, I began to look at this word because for a long time, I believed the word for boldness meant a confrontation, and I'm going to tell you something about being bold. You will end up in confrontation. But the heart behind it is not necessarily to go and take a fight to somebody. When they prayed for boldness, it wasn't to say, we want to go find some people to argue with. In fact, Paul commanded the opposite. He said, avoid vain arguments, avoid confrontations to these things. But the early church prayed for boldness, and this word is parasia, and it is, it is confidence and openness. It's to be confident and to be open about the Word of God, about who Jesus is. Now, by that very nature, you're going to run into some conflict. But that's not the heart of the Christian. That wasn't the heart of the apostles. The early church is saying, God, let us have this confidence. Let us have this openness. Because as our apostles now are preaching and teaching, they are being arrested. They're being persecuted. We don't really face this in America, do we? But it's coming. I don't know if you can see it, but it is coming. I don't know if it will be in two years, five years, ten years, twenty. I'm not preaching this to be a scare tactic. It's just coming. It's already a, a little bit of in the mainstream church, it's already there. If you don't tolerate and love, you're not part of the kingdom of God. And you got to believe their version of that. Well, well, this, this idea of boldness here is to be open and confident in the Word of God. And so Peter and John are going to preach straight truth. They're going to tell them, you crucified this Lord, this Jesus. You need to repent and be changed, be rebirthed into this kingdom of Christ. And there's a message of hope. This is a message of love, but it's a message of boldness. There's no hiding of the truth. And I'm going to tell you, as I've looked back on my life, there are many times where I have soften the blow of the gospel in order to lose a little boldness, to avoid a conflict, to avoid a problem. The Scripture says that the Word of God is sharp. It's quick. It's powerful. It separates, right, divides the the flesh and the spirit. And as you become this, this member of the body of Christ, and you become this vessel of the Lord, and you're walking with Him, you're a servant of Him, there's a word God puts in your spirit that when it comes out, it's bold, it's right and true, If we don't preach it, if we don't give it. Now, some of you are like, I'm just not a preacher. No, but in your home, in your sphere of influence, whatever that that looks like and whoever that is, when the Word of God is in you, when the Spirit of God is in you, and you know the Lord, when you speak about Him, it offers a path. It it shows the way to Christ. It's got to be true. He's the way, the truth, the life. And when you point people to Jesus, it's a clear direction. And if you don't point people to Him, It's not clear. And you can't give a clear way unless you're bold, unless you're confident and open with His Word and who He is. I've got the salesman in me that wants to be all things to all people all the time. And though Paul says to do that to an extent, it is not at the compromise of the gospel. My nature is to make every sale to every customer. It's why BG has thought I was good at my job because I rarely offend anybody. And I can almost always find a common ground with which to do business. That is a gift. And I use that gift even when it comes to kingdom things. Isn't that awesome? I just, you know, tell my family, you know, I'm just going to avoid conflict, avoid problems, and keep the peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. God bless me. I just keep the peace. There was one situation in my past where I spoke with boldness and uh, there was a family issue. I won't go into all the details, but I had to deal with a family member about 15 years ago. Their lifestyle was was, was homosexual, and we would go down for family dinners, and we had great family dinners. My grandmother, my aunt, my father, we had these, this great time. And um, she began to have a relationship with a certain person, a certain woman that they had a child together. And this flew into my face now, because we had kind of coexisted with this, Mutual understanding that neither would speak of what they thought. But now as I'm bringing my daughters down to this dinner, we have this situation. We've got this family raising up their family, what they know is right. We have our house raising up our family, what 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 we believe is right. And here my girls are seeing the two equally just, you know, loving and working hard. And and mom and dad are saying this is good. And I walked away from that and I said, I'm not doing this. And I went I remember talking to to Pastor Rodney about this. So I didn't know what to do. I made a call to be bold in my faith. I went down in person. I had a hard conversation. And you know how those end. A lot of swearing and profanity from the other side there. A lot of hate. A lot of anger. It's probably the only time in my life that I responded with, you know, a love of Christ. And I just said, this is the truth of God. I love you. I, I want to tell you about Jesus. I know you're mad. We just have to agree to disagree. But I'm going to lay down the gospel for you and then we're just going to go. I know you hate me, and that is what it is. And I began to reflect and look back, and, and that situation was so hard, it hurt so bad, I found myself being less bold in other cir- circumstances. I don't know if that's happened to any of you before, but I found myself softening the truth here and there. And I began to, now I'm not saying anybody here has done that, I'm telling you me. You're gonna want boldness for other reasons in your life. There may be some other things that may be you're not confident in or you're not sure about but for me this was my nature to always try to avoid the conflict god's beginning to challenge me on my personal trust of him my personal trust of do i truly trust the lord do i trust him enough to preach his word do i trust what he said is true and right because i am compromising you know, in a way to avoid a situation I have to trust him fully. I'm watching our brother go through the fight of his life, and I'm seeing him trust God fully. And we're going to keep talking about this situation because it is is something that our whole body is involved in. One of the first times that I can remember where, although we can't be in the room with him, we can't go through the difficulties, I think everybody here is in prayer and in spirit with, with him. He's one of us. He's part of us. The body of Christ, and there's some things that God's revealing to me as I am trying to walk as close as I can with Him. Do I stand strong and stay firm in the faith, in the the face of death? In my financial provision, I've been preaching on Wednesday nights about separating from the love of money. God was dealing with me. I feel like I went up in faith. I feel like I gained financial prosperity in faith and maintained giving and tried to maintain humility. And I feel like God showed me some things while I was successful in my business in California, but God spoke to my heart and said, can you go back down? Paul said, I can go up and I can come down. I can abound and I can be abased, base. In all things, I can find contentment. The problem with my heart is it's so wrapped up with American consumerism, I didn't think I could be happy if I did, if I lost anything. I can't find contentment if I go down. That's contrary to Sales 101, church. I don't know if you know this, but if you're a salesman, it's all growth. Every year we get a percentage growth. It's at least 10% minimum requirement. I've been with BG now 16 years. That's 160% that I have to show or I'm not an employee. You never go backward. You grow. You grow. It's more. It's more. And that gets into your heart. And even though you're content with the things of God, there's a level there that I hold God to. Lord, I can't go below this. You owe me. I never said that out loud, but that was my heart. Lord, I'm only going to go down so far. And God has been showing me you've got to separate out of your financial provision idea, your understanding, wrapped up in this consumerism, wrapped up in American culture, and be bold in your faith. Can you proclaim the gospel on your way down? I'm not telling you that we're all going to go broke. That's not the message. The message is simply being bold in my faith no matter what's coming up. Does it matter if my retirement investments are perfect? Does it matter if everything was so right and all my financial planning and all my investments in houses, in my career? These are the distractions the enemy will use to get your heart. But if you can find confidence and openness in the Word of God and you can stay true to the Word of God and the faith that is in you and you walk that out in truth, you walk that out in boldness, it works in every facet of your life. And when the trials come, and when the problems come, you will have ground to stand on. You will be able to weather any storm. But when we are talked out of boldness, when we are talked down from that, I'm going to tell you from experience, it is failure only. It is a lack of putting up the Lord as first, as king, as master. And every time you do that, it robs a little of the life of Christ from you. It's a slow death, but it's death. Every time I refuse to stand for Christ, every time I refuse to put my whole faith and my whole trust in Him, it's a little bit of dying. You're leaving the Lord. We have to maintain the standards of God in our home, in our sphere of influence, in our walk of life. We maintain that. That's what you're responsible for. You're not responsible for the salvation of everybody you come across to. You're not responsible for that. You're not responsible for everything going on in this world. You're not responsible for the mainstream church compromising every doctrine. You're not responsible for every cult that pops up and preaches heresy. But you're responsible to protect your world and to stand for the gospel in your homes and in the sphere of influence God has given you. You're responsible to stand for him, to shine his light, not yours, to walk in his strength, to walk in His mercy, His goodness. The faithfulness is in Him. If it becomes about us, it's about our strength. I'm going to tell you something about my strength. It wanes. It's strong at times, and then it wanes. He's the same all the time. David in Psalms 27.1 said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? when He is our light and He is our salvation, you carry within you the light of life, the the God of glory is inside of you. Who should you be afraid of? You have something within you that is so needed. It's necessary in this world. Your children need to see it. Your friends need to see it. Your church family needs to be supported by you. Every one of us draws strength from each other's faith. And if we don't have that confidence and openness in our faith it's a it's strength that is lost it's going to be lost from your children they won't see it They, they, they won't anchor into the lord because they don't see you anchor to the lord this is truth oh they might get lucky i came from a broken home thank god he sent me to a body of believers like this thank god there was mercy there because i didn't have it in my home i had nothing to anchor to the life i was headed off to Every time we talk about the direction that you could have gone or would have gone, I know where I would have ended up, and it wasn't good. Thank the Lord, He sent me to a place, a body of believers, a, a pastor and, and his son, and a family who is anchored to Christ, who was bold in their faith, willing to stand against the tide of sin in our culture, willing to stand against religion and just preach Jesus. So blessed, and so are all of us. Why would we hide that? How would we soften that when we hold a truth that people need to know? Starting in our own home. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, Paul's going to talk about who will who can separate us from the love of Christ: Tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword? Coop's laughing. He's like, whoa, no. So you can't afford clothes, right? You can't buy all the fa- all the cool fashion stuff. What can separate you from the love of God? Well, I I don't have enough money to eat. You're separated from the love of God? I don't have the money to dress the way I want. I don't have the car I want, the house I want, the things I want. Does that separate you from the love of God in Christ? No. What you go through in this world, this is not where the punishment is at. This is not God taking away to punish you, but there is faithfulness to be found in all walks of life. There is a journey that we are on, and we are to be found faithful. That's what we got to be found. In all these things, verse 37 of chapter 8, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Wait a minute. I thought we were just going to have nothing but good things. In all these things, in famine, in nakedness, in peril, in, in dying, in being persecuted, in all these things we are more than conquerors. What a message of hope to a Christian in a third world country right now, a Christian in China, a Christian in North Korea. What a message of hope to the early church who were being devoured by lions, thrown into gladiator arenas, being killed, being tortured. We don't want to look at that ugly side of persecution, but it's there. We don't see it in America, but would be to God that we could understand some of it. We can have some mercy in our hearts. We can have some time in prayer in our life that says, God, this faith that you've put in me is worth living for and it's worth dying for. That I'd have a level of boldness that says, you know, there's an onslaught coming. It's not costing me jail time yet, although you can ask some Canadian preachers how that went a year ago. Oh, the the love country of Canada, just so tolerant of everybody, putting preachers in jail. Church, it's coming. It's coming. But if we can't live for him boldly right now, we certainly won't when that comes. I am persuaded, Paul said. I am persuaded. I am fully convinced that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present now or things to come, not anything can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Nothing outside can do it. But, you know, if you have a lack of boldness, that'll do it. That will separate you from the love of Christ. I experienced that at times. The softening of the Scripture. The, the making sure I avoid a conflict. And all it sit, sought to do, I had a couple of friends that were in our church. One of them is no longer with us. Years ago he left. And there were some things I saw that I did not speak to. I didn't want to have a conflict. I didn't want to call him out. I didn't want to be that guy. And yet his faith absolutely dis- was destroyed he left with his family, and and they're not serving the Lord, and they're gone. And I'm not saying I'm responsible. What I'm saying is the bold kind of faith would have saw that a lot earlier than when I finally did. I had opportunities many times to speak to him, many times. But I softened it. I waited. I didn't do it. Philippians 12, or chapter 1, Philippians 1, verse 12. Just so you know, there's no 12th chapter in Philippians. Pretty, pretty short, book. Philippians 1, verse 12. Paul's in prison. He's in prison. He's going to write this. It's just interesting. He says, I want you to know, brethren, that the things that happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. What a heart. I'm in prison, but I want you to know it's for good. All right? So that it has become evident to even the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. Are we reading the right verses? <laughs> Hayden, Hayden's laughing at me. I'm like, did I get the right verse? Okay. Everybody, it's evident that my chains are in Christ. This is important because there were people questioning whether Paul's imprisonment was really about Christ. Would, look, most of the brethren in the Lord, most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word with, without fear. Well, it is real easy you know, if, if we got thrown in jail, if a pastor got thrown in jail for something he was preaching, boy, it would be easy to sit back and go, well, you know, he had it coming. Yeah, he said some things. He did some things. I, maybe there were some things that, that we didn't know about. Maybe there was some stuff hidden that we didn't see either. He's in jail. You can question that, right? If you're bold in your faith and you're one body, one mind, one accord, most of the brethren, they got confidence from this. They were more bold to speak the word without fear. I'm going to tell you something about boldness. It's contagious. If you're writing something about being bold, it's contagious. When you see a brother in sickness fighting for his life, hold on to his faith, is it not encouraging? I'll tell you what, it's, it's contagious. When you see pastors stand for truth and, and even get, get, get kicked out of a church, get, aren't allowed to stay there because of truth, pastor, because of standing for what's right in the Scripture and being bold enough to say, hey, the Lord's way is right. The Lord's way is true. There's something contagious about that kind of a man. There's something that you say, man, I want to stand for the Lord. I want to stand for truth. I don't want to to be the guy that's compromising all the time. And Paul says that they are confident in my chains now. Boldness without fear. Lord, help me to have an openness and a confidence in your word that I can speak without fear. Not to be confrontational. You got to understand the heart on this. I'm not picking a fight. But a fight may come because I'm going to stand in truth, and we're going to preach it, and we're going to speak it, we're going to honor the Lord. And within that, there may be persecution. I'm just not the legalistic guy going out to burn down the abortion clinic. That's not the fight. But it certainly is to speak truth against that and promote Jesus. It's not enough to go out and call everybody else a sin. We show Go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. This, this is an area of Scripture that's always troubled me a little bit. And I'm not going to pretend tonight to have all truth on this. Is that okay? Can I just scratch the surface and then one day maybe Pastor or Dustin or Rodney go deeper? I know. Dustin goes pretty deep on this stuff on Wednesday nights. I'm the scratch the surface guy. Like the scratch and sniff stickers. That's me. I, just, I don't have any depth. But this one's always bothered me. Matthew 5, verse 43, you have heard it said, you will love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Verse 44, but I say, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you, and who persecute you. Anybody like that one? Isn't that fun? love it. Thank you, Lord. Now, Now, what frustrates me, though, is the interpretation of what I like to call the mainstream church. The tolerant love gospel loves to tell you, see when people are just cussing you out and they're just treating you like garbage, just give them two thumbs up and say, man, that was good. Buy him a dinner. Get him a gift card. You know, you used a sling of profanity I had never heard. That was impressive. Here is a gift card to go to dinner on. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for enlightening me on a whole new language. This was awesome. No. That's not what this is talking about. This word for bless those who curse you, it's where we get the word eulogy from. And there's a little, on the front, you got this E-U, and that means good. And then you got logos right in there. That's a good word. It is to praise. It's to praise. Bring good word. Who are we to praise? Christ. What's the good word that we have? Christ. If I'm going to bless somebody with something, would it not be him? This is what Stephen did as he's being killed. He he is being stoned to death. He is preaching the truth. Why? It's a good word. It gives a path to salvation. The very people killing him, telling him to stop, telling him to be silent, he is still giving them the gospel, the truth in love. Why is it love? Because it's true. He doesn't hate them. Stephen doesn't hate them. He doesn't want them to die. You can see it when he says the same words Jesus did on the cross – Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, He's being killed. And they have the same heart. Does that sound like hate to you? Yet the church today would tell you that's hate speech. You can't. You can't stand up and and preach the gospel and, and people convicted of their sin. You can't do that today. That's not love. That's not tolerance. That's the exact love the Lord's talking about. What do you have to bless somebody with if not Christ. Oh, I know. I'm just going to give them money. That's not what it says here. That, that word would be markarios. So, There's a Greek word for, for blessing somebody, making them happy or making them fortunate. There's a whole other word for that. This, it's a good praise. It's a good word. I'm going to be bold in my faith here. Somebody's going to curse me. Enemies enemy's going to hate me. I respond with prayer. I respond with speaking of the truth of the Lord. We do that because we love Him, because He fills us, and I have nothing else to give of any value. It doesn't mean we don't invite someone to dinner, or you're nice to people. Be nice. That's fine. Treat kindly. That's a wonderful concept. But when it comes to the things of God, the things of God are true and right, and they just can't be compromised. We just can't ever compromise that. I have no problem with the churches that want to go and help every need they can possibly help with. That's awesome. You just can't simmer down on the gospel. They can't Cut some of it out because it's hard to deal with. In fact, when you feel that, I've learned that's the time I need to go more bold in that area. Oh, I'm not sure I should say that. Nope, say it. Oh, I don't know if I should. You now, you will. Now you have to. Okay. A heart that's sincere to the Lord. When you have sincerity to Christ, you're going to be bold. You're going to be open to His things. You're going to be confident in what He says. There's a sincerity in the Lord that will end up in boldness and strength because the foundation is on Christ. That foundation allows you to be confident. That foundation helps you. Why, Brother Chris, I'm not studied. I don't know the Greek. I, I don't know it like pastor does, but I get up here and fumble around with it because I want to know the Lord. I want to know the depths. I want to get better. I want to know more about Him, and I pray. I seek Him. I want to know what He has to say. And if I err somewhere, I'm going to correct it. I'm going to be corrected. I'm going to find the truth. I'm not worried about having everything perfect, but I am concerned about being faithful. I am concerned about being bold in my faith. A heart that's sincere is going to be strengthened on the foundation of Christ. The Lord Himself will finish out chapter 5, and He will mention going into the marketplaces and greetings and greeting other people. There is a heart that says... I want the gospel shared with everyone. That's hard to get to. I'm not saying everybody's going to go out and preach the gospel, but there is a heart that says what I have inside me needs to be shared. It's got to be open. My kids have to see it. Those people I'm around have to know what I'm about. This is not a fight with your neighbor. It's not about going out and having a fight. It's about proclaiming the cause of Christ, proclaiming Jesus. There is a fight, though. There's an actual wrestling match that we have, Ephesians 6.12, where we out on time. Okay, maybe 10 minutes. Go to Ephesians 6.12. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. (laughs) Didn't Peter pull a sword out and try to chop the head off of Roman centurion? You know, something the Lord does, I'm just going to point this out. Doesn't he pick passionate people? I'm going to to try to be careful how I say this. I think the Lord loves men and women that are going to err on the side of being a little too bold. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a lot easier to come back from that than it is to be the passive guy who wants to have no conflict, never stand for anything, and then one day wake up and decide he's going to be out there preaching with boldness. God picks and chooses passionate men and women to carry the gospel. So the early church prayed for it, boldness had to. Because there's so many things that seeks to quiet you down. It seeks to hold you back. It seeks to make you not proclaim his truth. So they're praying, God, give us that confidence. Give us that openness. Help us in the face of persecution to speak the word. But we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, principalities, authorities, cosmic powers of darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. That's the Greek translation. Just the interlinear side. There's a couple words in here I'm going to quickly go over. The rulers. You guys ever read this stuff? Being a youth pastor, I always like to take it and try to make it simple. You try. Because there's some things you read and you go, I, Chris, you said a whole bunch of things. I don't know what that is. Well, let's just quickly break it down. The rulers are the archos. are the origins of darkness. So we wrestle <clears throat> against origins of darkness. You sure do. It's been around since the Garden of Eden. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 16, everything in the world comes from the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Everything comes from the same thing. You've got origins here that you're going to always deal with. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Every one of us is susceptible in these areas. And that ruler knows that. And he's always going to present it. He's going to present it in different ways. He'll present it looking like truth. Looking familiar. You ever heard of the familiar spirit? Absolutely. It looks like God. It acts like God. It sounds like God, but it's not God. It comes that way too. But your flesh, your eyes, you want what he has. Authorities are those who lead the moral authority of our time. There is a religious authority in our culture. They do not call the shots on Scripture. They're wrong. If you follow what the standards are of the mainstream culture today, you would be in error. I'm sorry, but marriage is between just one man and one woman. That's God's covenant. So when the authorities of today say, ah, we recognize all marriage as love, they would be right or wrong? Wrong. I do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against that concept, against that ideology, against those things that infiltrate into our churches, we wrestle. Cosmic powers of darkness, the demonic realm, the influences of Satan and the understandings of that. You see them on billboards, ads, music, movies, entertainments of all kinds. They're influencing through all walks of this life. And you have to see it. And you have to be bold in your faith and be willing to wrestle it. Get it out of your home. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your children. Keep it out of your heart. See it. Wrestle it. Fight Spiritual forces are in spiritual places. Man, these religions of today have a whole lot of power over people. We have to call out the sin around our homes. We have to let kids know and let our wives know and let our homes. Men, we have to let them know what is wrong. Sometimes you have to call it out. Part of being bold in your faith, it's proclaiming Christ, and it's also seeing the enemy, understanding that we're going to have to put up a little bit of a fight here and there. Am I perfect at this? Nope. Am I getting better? Yes. The more we seek the Lord, the more we will. The more we hear, the more we bond together in the unity of the Spirit and in faith, together we will all see things that need to come down. We will all see things that need to be fought against. But if you're not fighting now, if you say, I don't fight anything, you're just going to continue to lose. And when this thing goes serious, and there really is persecution, and there really is problems Number one, you've probably lost your kids to the world and you're probably not going to make it yourself. That's what the Lord showed me. You better buck up now. You better get some strength in you now. You better get some boldness in you now. Because if you keep acting like your faith is a salesman, you're going to lose. You can't keep bringing everything down to be all things to all people. You can't keep making it palatable to everybody. You can't keep making it soft so no one's offended. You have to be bold. In one truth, it's Jesus. It's just Him. So in every generation we're going to deal with this, we have to tear down the altars we build towards lust of the flesh. Tear them down. you got altars in your home that are building towards lust of the flesh, and that's not just sexual, folks. That is the greed I'm talking about, the love of money. There's a whole lot of things that go into that. The pride of life has got to come down in our homes. We promote modesty. We promote fidelity in relationships. We promote peace. We promote faithfulness. We celebrate the morality of God in our homes. We do all that, and we've got to fight against these principalities and tear them down. Point out the religious immorality in the day. I'm not saying that Pastor and Rodney and everybody has to call out every, by name, every church. But you know what you should, men should do in your home? Call out every name that you know. You should. When we lived in Reading, we called out Bethel to the point some, of, some people that I knew were like, man, I'm really tired of hearing you talk about Bethel. Well, brother, live here in this community and see the influence every day. I was at the school, the high school, and there was a Bethel worship leader on, on campus, and he came to the FCA leader, Mr. Clyber, and he said, we want to get time with these young people. We want to teach them how to worship. And Mr. Clyber said, well, I don't think they're going to want to do that. He had talked to us enough to kind of have an idea. But he came to me and he said, hey, just so you know, there's this Bethel worship pastor. He's trying to get you guys together. And I went, nope. Okay. I said, no. I don't hate him. I don't hate the people that are there. But there is a spirit behind that that we're not doing. I said, Tim, we're not going to do that. Don't even thank him for his time. Just tell him we have our own serving of the Lord, our own choir, our own worship that we're doing. We're not interested We're not ever going to be interested. So there, is that bold? Was that rude? To some people, yeah. But in the spirit, it's exactly what needs to be said. Clarity and strength in Christ. We love the Lord. I'm not trying to bring down everybody else. But when that influence comes in, i got to fight it. And so do us. And I'm so thankful because I didn't see that originally. Pastor Rodney saw this years ago. I told him the other day, kudos to you, brother. Kudos to you. Because me, I am loving some of the worship music. I'm like, man, some of these songs are awesome. And they were. That's the familiar spirit. They sound good. They even read right. You're like, man, this is doctrinally fine. But then you get the heart behind something. So, men, sometimes you won't see the black or white, right or wrong on the outside, but you get a feeling about something, a spiritual insight, it's an easy no. That's not coming in. Just do it, even if you're wrong. Even if you are wrong, it's okay. It's okay to be bold. Peter should not have swung that sword at the Roman soldier. Did you know that? He was wrong. The Lord just said, put your sword away. Heal the ear. That was a big mistake. Peter's about to die from those Roman soldiers, but he's willing to fight. The Lord did not make it that big of a deal. Isn't that amazing? How is that not a big deal? He tried to kill somebody, and the Lord said, this fight is not about the sword. Put that away. The Lord did not spend much time rebuking him on that because Peter's heart's in the right place. I'm going to be bold for this. Lord, I'm going to protect you at all costs. The Lord's like, I'm going to teach you something. It's okay to be bold. You make a mistake or two, the Lord's going to correct you. You'll get it figured out. Finally, when you find influences, when you find them, hit them head on. If you need help, get help. If you need counsel, get counsel. But do not compromise your faith. Hit it head on. Tear the band-aid off. Rip it off. Because when you do, you create a pathway that somebody that you're having this conflict in or around or in your home or in the school or wherever it is, you create the pathway to Christ and you make it clear. if you don't, if you don't stand for the Lord, nobody can even see that light. That is the bushel that's been hidden. That's the light that's hidden under the bushel. That's a city on a hill that you covered up and there's no light. There's no direction if you compromise. There's no direction to the truth of Christ if all we do is lose boldness. that makes sense? Be bold with these influences. Man up, Christians. <laughs> some, some time ago, Pastor Ronnie was doing Manly Mondays, and Paul says to be brave. Um, I forgot what scripture that was in. He said, be brave. And it's it's a Greek word, androsomai. I think it's the word. I can remember the word but not the verse. Um, Be brave. Act like a man. That's what it said. Manly Mondays, he said, act like a man. Ladies, you got to be bold too. You got to be bold. As a woman, and be bold. But men, act like men. Some of these things are going to be hit head on. Some of these have to be hit head on. Sometimes your wife is just not going to be able to stand in some of these areas. You have to. You have to. Young men, young women, get these practices now. Be bold in your faith now. Make good habits today. And if it looks a little different than people around you, that's okay too. It's not to, uh, to say everybody's right or wrong. They have different standards in their home. But we should have similar standards. It should be similar. Be bold. Hit it head on. Man up. Finally, be prayerful, watchful, alert, and bold. But in all this, we do it in Christ If we get in our flesh and it's all about the flesh, we're going to miss it. But if everything's in Christ, your flesh does need to follow. Do you live in flesh or do you live 100% in spirit? (laughs) You walk in the spirit to not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but who's doing the walking? You're not an apparition. You walk in the flesh. You're going to do these things in Christ, but your body and your mind is going to have to follow when you're going to be bold, you got to speak, you got to stand, you got to be truthful. So this lifestyle has to be evident. And it might be one small change at a time, but God showed me, Chris, you're going to have to be more bold. Because the less bold you are, the more you lose. The more ground the enemy is going to gain in your spiritual life. Don't settle for doing this in your own flesh. We do this in the name of the Lord and His Spirit. Amen. God bless you, Pastor.